This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. Hello and welcome to the Blueprint Review Podcast Can Special. Um, we've been here a few days. Um, today it's just going to be me and Chris. Hello, Chris. Hi there. Um, so yeah, so obviously at the beginning of the festival, I don't know if people know, but um, it's um, it's when kind of a lot of the business takes place and things like that, and a lot is when all the parties are. So the kind of film watching starts off quite slowly and then it ramp, ramps up in the second week. But um, we've seen about five or six films already. But I think what we're going to do, we're going to do smaller podcasts for Cannes, but release them, say, maybe every day, maybe other day. So we'll just, you know, like I said, we've seen quite a few, but we're going to do the first three we've seen. So today we're going to talk about um, the first one we saw, which was Mr. Turner by Mike Lee. We saw, and then I saw, without you guys, um, How to Train Your Dragon uh, 2, which is obviously a typical Cannes film, but I saw it, so we'll chat about that as well. And then you went to see the documentary Red Army. Yes. Okay, so, you know, let's not beat around the bush, let's get straight into it. And we both saw, well, all of us saw, we've got a bit of a team here, so and all of us went to see Mr. Turner. Um, yeah. No, um, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll explain Bunty, that in a minute. Bunty, Mr. Turner. Um, so Mr. Turner's obviously been getting really great reviews, and we saw um, some of the preview reviews before and got very excited. Personally, I'm a bit of a fan of Mike Lee. I, was, I loved his last Cannes film, Another Year. Um and yeah, I was, you know, obviously I kind of know Turner's work as well. I was really looking forward to it. Great reviews. Um, I think it's safe to say that we're both incredibly disappointed. I mean, I'll just do a run through, and then you can yeah, yeah, start with yeah. your opinion. Um, so basically, the story is it's, it is just a typical biopic and the life and times of of Mr. Turner. And it starts from I mean, just before his father's death, and it's sort of like is obviously obviously obsessed with his work, and there's hints at some sort of relationship with his maid, and you get introduced to that he's got children but ultimately he's, he's focused on his work and it is just him and his success and the kind of downturn of that plodding through beat by beat until his, his death at the end um, I'm sorry if that's a big spoiler but it was 1871 exactly yeah so I think that's I think that goes um, so Chris starts off what, what did you think of it well uh, as, as Darren just said uh, you know big fan of another year might leave his last film went into this with high hopes art fan you know good looking cast Timothy Spall you know, it was getting great reviews. Good looking, a good looking cast. <laughs> <laughs> so not good looking. Um, yeah, so it went in really positive, and there was a there was kind of a great vibe about it going in, but it just it just completely missed the mark. It was it was really it was boring. Really, um, it had this strange sort of comic tone that just totally missed the beat. It was uh, there was these str- the strange. Well, the film opened with these sort of horrible kind of haunting kind of sound effects that immediately started to like make me shiver and it was it was a, it was kind of a painful experience to be sat there to be honest listening to it i mean that doesn't help and with the the sound, sound is so loud, loud in the lumiere yeah, yeah. but um again it 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 just opened with this kind of it's very slow sequence nothing was really happening it's very it, it's very kind of light on dialogue it's um, like Mr. Turner, I don't actually can't remember his first name. John J W Turner. It's John <laughs> Turner though, but it's just Mr. Turner. Um, but it's James. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> whatever. Um, but it's um, it, 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 the opening scene just seemed to be him doing a lot of grunting. He's like this kind of pig, really, it's, and that that kind of comes in later. Yeah, kind it's of, clearly purposeful. Yeah, yeah. this kind of pig-like nature. 
Um, and to be honest, I didn't go in knowing much about... I, 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 I admire his work uh, as an artist, but I didn't know much about his character. So it was kind of a bit of a shock. If that is how he is, and that's what they're kind of playing with, it was quite a shock to see that kind of character. He's a bit fucking weird and it's just... You know, he's just kind of shagging his housekeeper most of the time. It's, just, it's a bit unexpected. And it was just hard to kind of... I didn't feel anything for him. I didn't really relate to any of the characters. There's some... Later on, there's a lot of scenes um, with him at the Royal Academy because he becomes a Royal Academic. And, you know, he's, he's big into the kind of summer show at the Royal Academy. And there's these awful, just art critic types, aren't they? I think there is contemporaries in the art world but it's just painful to watch this sort of kind of mocking of artwork and it's it, they're just they're horrible scenes to watch really and there's these like this smattering of comedy throughout which just doesn't work but you know a lot of people seem to be enjoying it in there and it for me it just it, it never really hit its stride and I just started to get a little bit bored with it and it looks quite nice and you know there's some you can kind of see where the money's gone on screen it's kind of it's got some strengths to it, and but the the story's just not there for me. Um, it's very dialogue like I didn't like that. I was struggling to kind of understand what was being said because it's very grunty, and it just made me kind of detach myself from the from the film really, and inevitably just didn't grab you. Didn't grab me. Yeah, I mean, I I sort of agree. I think I think the. You know, you said there that the, the story didn't grab you. I mean, there was not much of a story. It's, I mean, I have a huge issue with biopics in general because I hate this sort of like plodding of life. You know, this kind of this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened, and then and there's no kind of thought and consideration to a, a film, a story. Like, what is going to pull us through? What does this guy want? What is pulling him through? Where's the conflict? Where's the drama? Where's the kind of you know? There's, but there's nothing there. And I think this, you know, kind of f- falls for that. So I found it incredibly dull. Um, and yeah, and I think. It's weird. It's like it's a really unmikely film. I found, Fair except big. in moments. But like, like I say, it's, it's a very moment. There was moments with this weird soundtrack that that kind of led to something. I could I could kind of feel moments like that come through more than any kind of a lot of a lot of Mike Leeds stuff that I've liked before. It's kind of it's it's really kind of it's clever dialogue. It's, it's, it's light and it's line, witty and it's a line yeah. here and it, it's like reactions and there, was, there wasn't really much of that. There was a little bit maybe with the with the housekeeper. But the, but, the, but then what happened like you hinted earlier is that it jarred because because in a way it's like it's like I said it's very slow and I don't I don't really see Mike Leeds slow. It's very it's like Mike Lee does a can film. That's how it mm. felt. And but then what happened was there was sort of smatterings of traditional Mike Lee in there, yeah. but they didn't work within it. So. No. Obviously, I, I, in a in a way, I think obviously Tim is, Tim the Sports kind of is a good performance. It's, mm. can, it's a, you know he transforms himself really well. But I didn't like the character he's playing. Exactly, I think that's yeah. the problem. That, and then there was nothing else to so go you, with. You, know, you don't care about him or anything or anything that happens to him. But and but then you know the kind of maid character and she's sort of like so two dimensional. Like you mentioned, the art critics are two dimensional. I mean, the Hayden. Um, his sort of rival in the film is the worst, one of the worst performances I've seen in a long yeah. time. He is awful, and it's just so it's really bizarre. This sort of like very slow, very silent, yeah, and it's like mixed with these. We had a bad scene, two dimensional. We had things, quite yeah. a key bad scene with Hayden where he's trying to get some money, and we it, we see him kind of. He, he has this meeting, and then we see him. We hold on a shot for like three minutes or something, I mean, just walking across the field, and it's almost as if, oh, well, you know, it, it's kind of, it's kind of can-esque sort of, kind of feel to it, and it didn't, it didn't work, it didn't, it didn't lead the story, and it would need it, it was almost like they were just trying to slow it down a bit, and just yeah. sort of, 
for me, I, just, I picked up on that. I was like, no, it's just, it was, it started to irritate. And that yeah. was, a, you know, that was in the first half an hour. I, and I think that's, that, I mean, that's the thing. It's just a bit tonally, it's just all over, it's just yeah. a bit all over the shop. It's a bit silly, it's a bit stupid. There's bits that are really slapstick. There's bits which are, you know, then there's bits which are kind of really grounded in this sort of very slow, very reflective sort of exploration of turn of the character, which is presented quite naturalistically yeah if, if a little bit grotesque but still, and it's some some of the scenes of like illness later mm. on are not good so I like the makeup and stuff badly. like yeah so, so it's just so bizarre and ultimately pretty dull yeah and all, it just didn't grab me at all like I said there was no real sort of dramatic pull in it so yeah I've got but it's, but it's, reviews but it's, it's kind of kind of leading the way a little bit here at the moment and it's you know kind of universally positive views on it really mm. nothing really as negative as as we're saying people we see are, are really really enjoying it's it aren't we you know people on the street we're not just talking critics and jury it's you know the general you know uh, viewers here are, are, are really caught something with it so yeah. I'm, I'm struggling to see it but um hey that's cam yeah very very baffling film um so, yeah, so then, then um, the next one we saw, there's a bit of a ticky disaster, but we won't elaborate on that. Um, so I went on my own to see How to Train Your Dragon 2, which is obviously a sequel to How to Train Your Dragon. I mean, I mean, I loved How to Train Your Dragon, the first film. It was a big surprise for me. I thought it was a r- absolutely quite an incredible film, actually, uh, for animation, if you like animation um, and that kind of thing. But I, I really loved it. So I was quite, kind of looking forward to it, really. Um, and... Yeah, and I absolutely loved it. I mean, I'll try not to... This one I definitely won't spoil, because this is sort of... You might see this. You'll actually, yeah, this, well, I think Mr. Turner probably will <laughs> yeah, get yeah, 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 a release. But um, yeah, but you'll definitely... You know, this obviously be, be, be out in the next sort of few weeks, I'm sure. Um, so the story obviously follows... Um, I think it's five years after the first film. Um, I'll try not to ruin anything that happens in the first film. <laughs> well, no, actually, it, it's going to anyway, because... Yeah, anyway, whatever. Um, so the premise is that um, everything's perfect on the island of Burke, and... Burke. Um, it's called Burke, yeah. And Hiccup um, is going to be the new chief, he's, he, but he doesn't want to be the ch- new chief, obviously, because that's not his world, and he wants to kind of bring peace to the world. And he's kind of drawing a map from the island of Burke, and he ends up stumbling upon sort of dragon trappers and other dragon riders, and there's this sort of, in essence, a sort of, you know, these dragon trappers are trying to steal all their dragons, and they obviously need to stop them. But the And then the leader of this group has some connection to the past, uh, with the father of um, of Hiccup, and like I, said, I won't elaborate too much, and it ends up becoming a sort of big war, I suppose. Um, that's all I say about the story. But what I say about the film is that it is. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It is an amazing sequel. Whether it's as good as the first one, I don't know, because the first one was so sort of original. It's so sort of fun. It was so surprising. And this one is quite different, but in a weird way, it is sort of like the Empire Strikes Back of the uh, you know of the films because it is really dark. It's surprisingly dark, and like I say, you could see people in the audience were like crying at the film, and like, and it's it has like a really quite a surprising emotional punch Emotion, to it, yeah. um, which was what I loved about it. You know, it's really dark, it's quite powerful, and it's in the main, other than the odd moment here and there, it's handled really kind of subtly as well. It's never overly sentimental, it's never overblown. I mean, as it's little, you know, it kind of teeters on it, but um, it doesn't go there. And it's just, again, it just looks absolutely stunning. The characters are fantastic, the voice work is brilliant, the story was, is, it's just, you know, there are some films you watch and it's like, yeah, they're kind of really classic sort of, to, but almost by the book story, kind of, you know, kind of dramatic sort of plotting, but at the same time, they're incredible. Like, I, I thought the same about sort of like Wreck-It Ralph and things like that. It's like, you know, you, you, can, you know the structure, but it's just executed so superbly. And this is the same as well. And it's just 
like I say, absolutely amazing. It's funny. It is like it's emotional. It's dark. It's surprising. It looks spectacular. It's just a, gr- a really good animation film. If Pixar made it, you'd just be like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like. But I've, I thought that about the first one as well. So yeah. So I, you know, really loved it. It's you know probably the wrong film to see in Cannes, but I had the opportunity, so I thought, yeah, why yeah. not? Why you in 3D land? I was uh, I was in reality in Soviet um, mm, Russia. Reality. Yeah, 1970. So I saw it. Oh, well, it's a it's a film I'd kind of picked out um kind of prior to coming to Cannes, I thought I'll try and go and see that. I, I'm quite a documentary fan. Um it's a documentary called Red Army and it follows the um Russian ice hockey team of uh, the ni- late nineteen seventies through to the kind of early nineties and the, the fall of the um Iron Curtain. Um and really it's it was I kind of I went in, you know, wanting this Quite a documentary. It's a time period I'm quite interested in. Um, didn't really know anything about ice hockey, but I kind of knew that um, the Russians had kind of used ice hockey as a way to sort of show their supremacy over the Americans. They sort of went in saying, "Right, we're going to go into the, the Winter Olympics in the 1980s, and we're going to um, we're going to kind of show the Americans. We're going to we're going to show them up on their home turf. They the one thing they're good at is ice hockey. It's their thing. We're going to you know." Sod the nuclear war. We'll just beat you on the kind of ice hockey pitch, really. Um, so I kind of knew that it was quite a politically charged sort of area, really. I knew I wasn't just going into a normal kind of sporting documentary. Underdog um, story. Yeah, so I knew it was um, it was something that would interest me. And to be honest, I mean, ice hockey side of it takes very much the sideline. It's more kind of a political um, sort of documentary, but using ice hockey as sort of this base to it. And... Um, so it's produced by a um, Canadian director. I can't quite remember his name, but um, he's kind of picked out a main character um, from the Russian team uh, who was the captain for many years. And it kind, of, it, it kind of starts off with interviews with him and then we start to just explore more of his teammates. So it's, it's kind of American's perspective, but for, it's a Russian story. We never, we never get to hear the American side of it. Um, so, I mean... In essence, what what the Russians were doing was sort of um, they'd got the well, it's called Red Army because essentially the the ice hockey team were part of the Soviet Army in the Cold War, so they were they were forced into it basically by the um, by the Russian authorities, and you know they were training for like eleven months a year. They they had this kind of weird sort of czar of a coach that would. Um, kind of, he did took like lessons from ballet and um, chess, and kind of created this new kind of tactical game where um, you know it was just totally different to what everything was used to. And they came in basically and just obliterated the competition because they just they just changed the rule book really in in terms of ice hockey. So they became you know incredibly successful as a team. Um, but then, as sort of the Soviet um, coming towards the end of the Cold War, as they were kind of faltering, they started to use this as kind of... It was propaganda, really. Mm. Um, And they were starting to lose money. So what the Russians did was they sold their players to the American um, kind of national teams, the NHL. And um, they were taking their salary. So they were forcing them to work in America. And the Russian government were taking the money. So they were striking, you know, multi-million dollar deals... 
and they were paying the money back to the Russian <coughs> authorities. So it was a, it's a crazy story, but it's, it's absolutely fascinating. And was it a great documentary? It was a great documentary. Um, in terms of kind of the pacing was great and it, it felt like a good kind of TV feature. Rather okay, than, yeah. But it, it very much in that kind of American style, you know, it was a bit kind of um, Michael Moore, but it wasn't, you know, you, we only ever kind of heard the director kind of speaking on camera and they did this weird kind of playful sort of interview technique thing and it opens with like the main character sort of we're doing a talking head and he's kind of looking at his phone and they try and use it as a gag that he's not really interested in the interview and they kind of play on the the biggest issue I had with it was the talking heads aspect all the other footage was kind of really well put together the kind of the general structure of the documentary was great but the, the format of the the interviews was pretty poor um it kind of played with these strange kind of sort of devices and we we get like it felt everything just felt a little bit forced like at one point we see this little girl just kind of come into frame and start and like talk to the guy it's like well they've kind of they've kept it in for a reason but it, it doesn't work this playfulness and this kind of light comedy aspect doesn't doesn't really work it, i wish it had stayed a little bit more serious um because it just feels say it just feels forced um but yeah, in general, and some of the camera shots were weird, and they they were doing like lots of movement, but it like wasn't particularly done very well. And we just like saw like this people's interviews like in total profile, and it, it, just the talking heads just were really badly done, um, which was a bit of a shame. But the actual the whole film, the story was 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 fascinating, and the screening we went to um, was their kind of gala screening, really. So um, the coach and the director were there. Like the sorry the not the coach, the, the captain of the hockey team was there, who kind of they based the film around. Um, so it's quite interesting to, to kind of see all that. Um, but that guy now is actually the... He now works for the Soviet government. So he was kind of almost thrown out of the country, but then and he kind of... He, he actually ended up leaving the army, and it, they had a massive falling out, but he, he ended up going back to Russia after the Cold War, and um, becoming their minister of sport, and he's kind of responsible for putting on the Winter Olympics. Is that in the documentary as well? Yes. So it it, it folds on this sort of most of the story is up to the point of him after the fall of um, the Berlin Wall and you know that kind of Soviet bloc and everything like that going. He then you know starts and builds his career with a lot of his teammates, old old Russian teammates in America, and then after they finish their career, they ended up coming back to Russia. And being, you know, quite integral to the Russian government, so they, it's kind of gone full circle. It's quite interesting to see how they went from this hatred of the government for doing what they, you know, using them as pawns, really, um, in this kind of political uh, landscape they all they were all forced into, um, and then seeing him now. So no one needs to see the it. documentary now. No, I've kind of explained it all. Yeah, but it's a beginning to end. But it's a fascinating <laughs> yeah. documentary, and it's you know, it's yeah. it's one of those things that. Um, I think if you're if you're interested in kind of that part of history, then it's uh, um, it's good. It's definitely it's definitely very very good, and it's get it's getting a, it's getting a good reception. And um, yeah, I, I I was really really impressed with it. It's the it's the best thing I've seen so far. Um, so yeah, more of them, please. Okay, um, so like I said, we'll stop there. Um, but obviously, we're going to also see Wild um, Tales. Um, we're going to talk about that. We've seen that. We've yeah, seen captive. Captive. Um, disappearance of Eleanor Rigby and whatever we watch tomorrow morning if we watch something tomorrow morning um, so yeah so that's the first podcast that we've done for Cam we're going to do them a little bit more regularly now and like we say it sort of ramps up 
um, as the festival sort of moves moves on. But we're having a good time. You having a good yeah, time? Yeah, very good time. Very good time. Yeah, good, good. And yeah, we'll do um, another one tomorrow. Okay, bye.